Thank you very much. I'd like for you to take God's word with me tonight and turn to the New Testament book of Luke. Luke chapter 7, if you would please. Luke is found there in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book in the New Testament, if you're still finding your way around God's word. Luke chapter 7, and I want to draw your attention to a, an account, a historical account that took place in the life of Jesus and some of his words surrounding that account. Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse number 36. Every once in a while, while you're turning there, every once in a while, society becomes so sophisticated that they think they're better than other people simply because perhaps they dress differently, live differently, think differently, talk a little bit more posh. And somehow society thinks that they're better than others. And unfortunately, that way of thinking sometimes creeps in the church. But can I say, before I go any further, may God help us to never think like that here. To never think like that here. And I hope that you'll never think, allow those thoughts into your mind. But that you won't imagine that color makes someone better than somebody else. That culture makes someone better than somebody else. That your upbringing or your financial situation makes you better than somebody else. May God keep any of us from ever thinking like that. Jesus speaks a little bit about this situation in Luke chapter 7 verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and he sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Meaning I... I've got something to say to you, Simon. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much. 
But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. May God bless his word tonight. An amazing chapter. I love this chapter because it deals both with the religious crowd and with the ungodly crowd, the wicked, the sinners. It's interesting because one of the Pharisees, the religious rulers of the day, wanted Jesus to come and visit him. And so he invited Jesus to come and have a meal. And so Jesus came and sat down in the man's house. And, and as they're there, as Jesus is there, we know that there are other Pharisees there as well. Because the scriptures speak about that. And as he was there with all of these religious people in walks, perhaps the most notorious sinner in town, perhaps the most wicked person that everybody knew. Here she comes. And it's interesting the way that the religious crowd felt about it. It's interesting to watch how the religious got a little uncomfortable when a sinner walked in the door. Isn't that just the way it is oftentimes in churches today? Everybody's fine as long as no sinners come. Everybody's enjoying themselves as long as nobody rough around the edges walks in the door. Please, God forbid that somebody who needs Jesus should actually come. Everybody's happy, you know, as long as we're all dressed the same way and all speaking properly, the Queen's English. And as long as everything's just right, no problem. But the Bible says, in came a woman which was a sinner, notably a sinner. And the Bible says there in verse number 39, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner, what kind of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. I think he's forgotten that we are all sinners. And Jesus answers, and he is about to teach Simon and everybody in the room an important lesson. And it's a lesson that you and I need to learn. Jesus says to Simon, I've got something to say to you. And he gives a two-verse parable, a little story. There was a creditor. That was a man who had a lot of money. And he had two debtors, two people that he had lent his money to. And the scripture said he had given one 500 pence and he had given another 50 pence. One owed 10 times more than the other one owed. Now they both owed, but one was just a little bit more, 10 times as much in debt as the other. But they were both in debt. The Bible says when they had nothing to pay, the man who owed 500 had nothing to pay and the man who owed 50 had nothing to pay. And the Bible says when they had nothing to pay, he frankly, freely forgave them both. Now you tell me, Jesus says, which one of them is going to love him more? Which one is going to be more grateful? Now the problem, look here for a moment. The problem was both of them could not pay. 
Both of them were debtors. And because they couldn't pay, both of them should have been thrown in prison. Even if you only owed one pence and you couldn't pay it, you're in trouble. If you owed five million and you couldn't pay it, you're just as much in trouble as the one who owed one. You're both guilty. You both can't pay. And therefore, you both deserve to be locked up. But the Bible says when they couldn't pay, he freely forgave them both. Can I tell you something? In the eyes of Almighty God, it doesn't matter how many sins you have or how few sins you think you have. When the blood of Jesus is applied to a believing heart, freely forgiven. And we're both in the same sinking ship. Just because I might dress up a little bit nicer than someone, and just because I might learn the Bible language, doesn't make me better than somebody who doesn't know who Adam and Eve are. We're both sinners. We're all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And nobody, no matter how squeaky clean they are, no matter how many catechisms they learn and sit through, all of us have sinned. And none of us can pay. You can't pay God back. You can't buy your way out of trouble. You're a man with a great debt and you cannot pay. And this is a beautiful picture of the gospel. How Jesus paid a debt that we could never pay. I want you to think with me for just a moment. I wonder how much you owe. Have you ever thought about that? The problem is Simon the Pharisee hadn't thought about that. The problem with Simon the Pharisee with the religious crowd is they're too busy looking at everybody else and trying to figure out how much they owe. Oh, they're wicked people. They're ungodly people. Boy, look how bad they are. They really need the Lord. When's the last time you stopped and thought, how much do I owe? How much have I broken God's law? How much have I sinned against God and I can't undo it? I can't erase it. No matter how much good I do, it doesn't take away the bad. You know that is true in a court of law. If I get arrested for stealing an automobile and go and stand before a judge and I say, but judge, I, I did a lot of good things. I know I stole just, I only stole one car, judge, but I've done a lot of many, a lot of good things. He's going to say, I don't care. You can't pay it back. Some of you tonight are, your debt is increasing. Every day you live in sin, unconfessed to God Almighty, unbelieving in the Lord Jesus as, as your Savior. Every day you live in sin without confessing it and turning from it. Every day you live continuing down that path, your debt is growing higher and higher and higher. Your sin account is growing. Every day you refuse to repent of your sins and run to Jesus. That account is lifting. Jesus said something interesting. Simon got it right. Who's going to love him more? Well, the one that he forgave the most. That's right. Jesus said, thou hast rightly judged. And then he turns. Then it gets very personal in the room. And Jesus turns, the Bible says, to the woman. And he said, Simon... Seest thou this woman? Do you see this woman, Simon? Now, can I just say this? Simon had already seen the woman. He had already noticed, and he was really bothered. Very uncomfortable. The problem wasn't that Simon couldn't see the woman. The problem was that Simon couldn't see himself. And I wonder tonight if you've ever seen yourself for who you really are. 
If you've ever seen yourself for who you really are, it will absolutely disgust you. If you've ever, ever caught a glimpse of who you really are in the mirror, if God has ever pulled the curtains back and let you see the ugliness and darkness of your own heart, oh, it'll churn your stomach to think that's me. And Jesus begins to explain, I entered into thy house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. You didn't give me any water. You didn't give me any kiss. You didn't give me any oil. But this woman, since the time she came in, washed my feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, which you should have done to a guest, especially a guest of like the Lord Jesus. But this woman anointed his feet. Here's what happened. This woman understood how low she was. And she got down to the feet of Jesus. She didn't think she was worthy enough to touch his head and worthy enough to put oil on his head. She wasn't worthy enough to kiss him on his cheek, which was customary in that day. So she stayed right at the bottom in deep humility. And can I tell you, this is where salvation begins. Look here for a moment. Salvation begins down here. I'm sick and tired of people thinking there's something special and puffing their chest up in religious pride and arrogance. That is not salvation or religion of the kind we find in God's word. Our faith and our walk with Jesus is a humble one at the feet of Jesus. Recognizing I don't deserve to even look upon the face of Christ. I'm so unworthy. I'm so unclean. Here's a woman who came. Now let me show you something. Because some of you tonight feel like that woman. But you don't know how to get to Jesus. Some of you know that you've sinned against God and you, and, and you know you would be frightened to death for people to know about your sin and you're embarrassed about your condition, but you don't know how to get to Jesus. Let me show you a couple of things quickly about this woman. The Bible says this woman walked into the house of another man that she didn't even know. She didn't care whose house it was. She didn't care who was there. She didn't care if the, the city council was there. She didn't care if the queen was there. She was getting to Jesus. Because she knew there was one man that would show her love and compassion. There was one man that would take her just the way she is. There was one man that could deal with her sins. There was one man that could forgive her. And that man was Jesus. And she walked boldly into another person's home. Doesn't say she knocked. Doesn't say she called out. The Bible says she simply went in straight to the Messiah. Can I say something tonight? The best thing you can do, if you know that you are full of sin and you know you need to be saved, the best thing you can do is go straight to the Lord Jesus, regardless of what anybody else thinks. She didn't go to the Pharisees because she knew the Pharisees wouldn't have her. She didn't go to the religious crowd. She went to Jesus. She came. Look what else she did. She gave. She gave her tears. Why was she weeping? Did you ever think, why was this woman weeping? She, I believe she was weeping for a number of reasons. I believe she was weeping, number one, over the grief of her own sin. Over the shame and guilt of her own sin. Broken. When's the last time you were broken over your own sin? I'm a little bit nervous about people who, who want to come to Jesus hopping and skipping and shouting. And there is no contrition. There is no repentance. There is no brokenness over their sin. No, I'm not saying you've got to spend... Uh, at least three or four months and tears before you can be saved. I'm not saying that at all, but I do think there ought to be some realization that your sin has caused you to be separated from God.
She came weeping. I think she came weeping as well because she realized she finally met the one, the only one that could take all that sin away. She washed his feet with her tears in her hair. She gave all that she had. She brought this ointment, we're told, this alabaster box and, and began to pour it out upon the feet of Jesus. She gave, and one last thing, she loved. All of that was proving her love for that man, the Lord Jesus, our Savior. And what Jesus pointed out to Simon the Pharisee was his lack of love. And maybe tonight you are the Pharisee in the room. Maybe you're the sinner in the room. Both of us owe. Both of us have sinned. All of us have sinned. The trouble is, if you realize how great of a sinner you are, you will love him more. The more you begin to see how much Jesus had to pay for your sins, the more you realize how much he had to reach into his pocket and pay that 500 pence that you owe, then the more grateful and the more loving you'll be. But if you if you sit there and think, you know what, I really wasn't that bad. Jesus didn't have to, he didn't have to bleed that much for me because I really wasn't that bad. Then of course you won't love him. Jesus went on to say this, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. Would you look here for a moment? So many times people are so concerned with trying to figure out if God loves them. The question tonight is, do you love God? Do you love the Lord Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And how is that demonstrated? How do you prove that you love him? Well, I go to a meeting. Most weeks I go to the meeting and you know, that's good, isn't it? No. Pharisees go to meetings. Pharisees go to church services. Pharisees go to the synagogue. Pharisees even have Jesus over to their house for a meal every once in a while. Somebody who knows the depths of their own dark soul and heart begin to realize how much it cost Jesus to purchase their salvation. Jesus said to her, thy sins are forgiven. They were a little confused about it. They said, who is this that forgiveth sins? And he said unto the woman, thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Because it was her faith that brought her to the feet of Jesus. It was a confidence that if she got to that man, her sins would be forgiven. It wasn't, she wasn't forgiven because she cried at his feet. She wasn't forgiven because she poured her oil at his feet. She wasn't forgiven because she kissed his feet. She was forgiven because by faith she went to the only one who could. And if you ever expect your sins to be forgiven, if you ever want your sins to be washed away, it won't be because you give your money in the collection bag. It won't be because you cry for months and years. But it'll be because by faith you believe Jesus came to wash all your sins away and to bring you to God the Father. Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in him? My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. His wounds, they bleed, plead for me. Your faith needs to find somewhere to rest. You need to find an object for your faith, and that's got to be Jesus. Jesus Christ. 
Many people throughout history have been set free by realizing it wasn't, it's not about what I do, but about what Jesus has done and faith in him. Perhaps tonight there's somebody here who realizes that they are a sinner and they owe a debt that they cannot pay. You've tried to do right, but you can't get it right. In fact, you only get it wrong over and over and over again. Then let me urge you tonight, come to Christ. Come to the Savior. See what it cost him to shed his blood for your sins. Some of you have been away from God for a long time. You say you love him, but it'll be your actions that prove it. It'll be the way that you live that proves it. It's easy to say it, isn't it? I know some people have been married for years and they say that they love their husbands and wives, but they certainly don't act like it, do they? They say it with their mouth, yeah, yeah, I love, I love you. But there's no evidence. And that's the way some people treat their relationship with God. She came, she gave, she loved. What an example. I'd much rather be in the camp with that woman than in the room with the Pharisee. What about you? I wonder if you and I can see the reality about ourselves and the reality of God's amazing grace. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, we believe that Jesus and Jesus alone is the answer to our sin problem. We pray that we might stop looking at the guilty ones around us and begin to look first, begin to recognize the guilt that lies within our own hearts, and then not stop there, Father. Help us to look beyond our own sin, beyond our own selves, and look unto Jesus, the one who came to pay the price for all of those sins. Father, help us to catch a small glimpse of what it costs thee. And may that in turn cause us to love thee more. Oh, may our eyes ever be moist with tears as we consider the price that it cost thy son Jesus to purchase our salvation. Help us, Lord. I pray for the one who feels a bit like that woman who knows that they're lost. Perhaps you're too ashamed, too embarrassed. Help them, Father, to realize that Christ and Christ alone is the answer. Bring them along to thyself, for we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake.